Well, good morning, One Church Talk TV. How you guys doing this morning? Fantastic. My name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I am so glad that you chose to hang out with us, whether you're here in video 16 or if you're over in the video 15. I want to have a huge shout out to Miss Dana over there. How you doing, Miss Dana? And if you're watching online, uh, so glad that you chose to hang out with us. Today, we're in part four of our series we're calling Go Fish. Now, I want to tell you about two words that I want us to think about for the next few minutes. And they are the words pressing and permanent. Pressing and permanent. Can you say those with me? Pressing and permanent. The reason why I want us to talk about that is for so many of us, we live our lives with what is pressing, don't we? We have things pressing around all around us. There's pressure and things that we've got to do. It's the job. It's paying the bills. It's parenting the kids. It's doing all of that stuff. A lot of pressing things. Uh, but also, there are some permanent things. And unfortunately, we allow the pressing things to get in the way of some of those really important things that are the permanent things. And that's kind of where I want to dig in today. I like canoeing. Uh, I have a canoeing paddle here. I own two canoes. In fact, here's a picture of uh, my favorite canoe. It's a Coleman canoe. Um, and uh, uh, I love canoeing. Um, I grew up learning, uh, learning to canoe in Boy Scouts. I learned how to canoe at Grimes Canoe Base on the Buffalo River. And uh, my dad is an Eagle Scout. I'm an Eagle Scout. So uh, when I, uh, after I got my Eagle Scout, I went into college. Uh, one of the things how I made money is I gave canoeing lessons on the Red River. Longest canoe uh, trip I ever went was a little over two weeks. Uh, and uh, you're thinking, how do you do that? Well, uh, you're in a canoe and you have food and you have a tent and a sleeping bag packed. And uh, you pray that you don't flip the canoe over because if you do, you're going to be in a wet sleeping bag. So, but I was, uh, I, I, during my college years, a little over two and a half uh, uh, weeks long and loved it. Um, uh, I, I just recently took my son Bing canoeing on the Buffalo and we got to hang out. The reason why I like canoeing and just getting in a boat with somebody is that you get to hear their story. You get to talk. For me, I love people. And I love hanging out with people and uh, hearing their story and listening to uh, many of their things. I was just talking to a fantastic couple who are visiting from uh, Evansville, Indiana, and, um, and got to uh, actually hear some of their stories about uh, their son, uh, who, uh, by the way, Matt Langner, I don't think he's in here, uh, but uh, some of y'all, he actually teaches your kids, uh, your two-year-olds and three-year-olds, his birthday is tomorrow. So uh, uh, we got to share some stories about Matt, and almost all of them were not good. So, uh, so you'll have to ask him about that. But I love Matt to death, and I love hearing people's stories. And when you're in a boat with somebody, especially with your pastor, it's like being in a captive audience, right? You got nowhere to go right? And I am with you guys for four or five hours straight, and we get to talk, and I get to share with you some of my story, and I get to hear your story, and it's just relaxing because there's nothing pressing happening. It's just the stuff of life, and I love that. 
I love that. You know, it's a, when I used to, I used to teach uh, in, when I was in college, I used to teach uh, uh, Sunday school all throughout my freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year in college. And I taught sixth grade boys and I would take them canoeing. And there's just something about sixth grade boys taking the canoeing, right? I mean, uh, you, because if you're hanging out with boys and they're sixth graders, eventually it's going to get around to like belching and passing gas and things like that because that's what, you know, that's what men do. Uh, and I was going to say sixth graders do, but let's be honest, that's what men do, right? So, um, and then I, I taught 10th grade um, and I took them canoeing. And do you know every girl that I ever dated before I dated them long term, you know what I did? took her canoeing. Because I realized, you know, hey, if we can get along in a boat, then we can probably get along in life. Uh, that's pretty deep. Some of y'all need to tweet that. I'm just saying. So, um, and uh, I would take them canoeing. I would also take them frog gigging. And if you don't know what that is, we'll talk about that later. So anyway, but uh, I loved just being out on the boat and listening to their story. And I get to share my story. And usually if you're in the boat for any amount of time, you get to talk about God's story. Because it's impossible to be in the canoe or being in the rowboat or the boat out on the lake or on the river or the creek and not see the sunset and the sunrise and look at the fish and see the, the ducks and how a mama duck uh, protects the baby ducks and deer. And uh, it's just, it's gorgeous. And it just makes me think of God. One of the things when I was a, a Sunday school teacher, we would sing these songs, I call you father, your name is father, uh, you have been a father to me. And we would go through A through Z of the entire alphabet, and we would sing that, I call you Abba, I call you beautiful. Uh, it's really difficult when you get to X, by the way. So, uh, but I, I love, when I was hanging out with my son Bing just about three or four weeks ago on the river, you know, my favorite verse is Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, that, uh, that he will, uh, about a man who, uh, that God blesses. If he does not sit in the seat of sinners or stand in the seat of scoffers, he will be like a tree planted beside waters, always producing fruit in its season. Its leaves never wither, and everything he does shall prosper. And I would sit down with Bing as we're going down the buffalo, and, hey, tell me about the characteristics of a tree next to water, planted next to water. And I, I love those verses. It's listening to their story, sharing your story, and also talking about God's story. Today, I want to talk about three-story evangelism. Three-story evangelism. And what three-story evangelism is simply that. It's your story and their story, and God's story. And when that intersects, some amazing, magical things can happen. You see, in this series, Go Fish, we've been talking about how if to follow is to fish. And if you want to follow Jesus, then you're going to have to learn how to be fishers of people. And that is all about sharing your story, and listening to their story, and bringing God's story involved in that. I mean, and that just comes naturally when you're in a boat. It does. Man, you get to listen, you get to hear, and you talk about God. And if you ever want a fun time, let me know. I would love to go canoeing with you guys. A verse that I want to talk about today is First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says this, Be ready, speak up, and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way that you are and always with the utmost Courtesy. 
There's three commands that Peter gives us in this passage. Be ready. What's the second one? Speak up. And the third is live right. Now, here's what I know. For some of you, the reason why you don't want to share your story and you don't want to talk about God at your job is because that if you did, they would laugh at you. And the reason why is because you've not lived right. You share the coarse jokes. You say the four-letter words. And hear me, none of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. But as we're going to learn today, that if you really want to fish, if you really want to share your faith, then you got to be ready, you got to speak up, and you got to live right. In fact, let's say that together. Be ready, speak up, live right. That's what we got to do. Be ready, speak up, and live right. And guess what? People are only going to listen to you if you're, yes, you're vulnerable, you're honest, but you've got to live out your faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You are surrounded by people all around you who are wondering, hey, I know that you're a Christian. I see the Bible or the Bible app on your phone. I, I see all, you know, your, I see your Facebook profile and but you never ever do talk about Jesus with me. And they're wondering, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen that you're going to actually just step up, that you're going to speak up, you're going to have courage, and you're going to tell them about Jesus? When is it going to happen? Watch this video. When's it going to happen? Here I am. There you are. Here I am, desperate for love the truth. What are you going to do when you leave this building? Are you going to share with me what you've been learning here today? Or are you just going to bottle it up and pull it out next week for your friends? Now when I say share, I'm not talking about every tactic you've used on me in the past, like judging my every move, telling me I'm a bad person, pointing fingers, giving me disgusting looks. <laughs> and my favorite is when you tell me that I'm lost. I don't even know what that means to be lost. Do you really think judging me is gonna make me change? Would it make you change? Now, I, I know I'm a bad person. I've, I've done bad things, but I don't need you to tell me that. What I need is for you to pick me up when I fall down, to be there when I'm broken. <coughs> Yes, there's, there's something missing in me. There's a void in my heart that I don't know how to fill. You have it. You have that thing that makes you whole. You know that person that I need to know. So I'm watching your every move. I'm watching where you go and what you say and do. Because I'm desperate for something real. I need something genuine to know that there's something more here than this. I mean, this, this can't be it, really. And I think you know that. Listen to me. I need you. I need you to be here for me. I need you to walk out right now, ready and willing to do whatever it takes. It's, it may not be comfortable. It may not be easy. I need you to show me love. No matter the cost, show me what unconditional love really looks like. Stop telling me about this God of yours and show me who he really is. 
honestly, I'll probably resist you. I'll probably argue with you and laugh at you. I'll, you know, even when you fall, I'll probably call you a hypocrite. But don't give up on me. Please don't give up on me. So I'm going to ask you, when's it going to happen? You see, all of us, we're surrounded, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, whether you, you go to church or maybe church isn't your thing. Do you know that all of us struggle with the same very things? We all struggle with how to love well and how to keep our marriage together and how to keep our finances afloat and how to deal with anger and all of the, how to tell the truth. All of these things, we all struggle with that. It doesn't matter who you are or what God you believe in. But I like what she said. She says, don't just tell me about Jesus, but show me. Show me through your love. You know, that's what Four Clarksville is all about. If maybe you're brand new or maybe you're kind of new to one church, one of the things that we talk about every month is we want to show Clarksville that we are for them. And the reason why is that one of the most popular verses in the Bible, in fact, it's a verse I'm going to be talking about next week, for God so loved the world. You see, most people, they don't know that God is for them. They think that God is what? Against them. And the reason why they think that is because they think Christians and the church that we're against them. And our goal is to change the way people not in church view the church. How do we do that? By doing good and practicing no strings attached generosity. That's how we do it. That's the reason why you guys gave uh, close to 200 backpacks. That, that was amazing. I'm telling you, you guys are making a difference by your giving and your sacrifice. And it's all about loving people who are far from God. You know the statistic because I quote it a lot. 88% of people in Clarksville don't go to church anywhere. Think about that. Nine out of 10 people that you meet every day don't go to church. They're not connected to a church. And some of you are like, well, you can be a Christian and not go to church and not be connected to church. And you know what? You're exactly right. But let me tell you this, you can't be a growing Christian and not get involved at a church. That is the truth. You know what you call a Christian who doesn't have a church family or church home? An orphan. You know, last night, uh, yesterday, excuse me, uh, yesterday afternoon, I was flipping channels on the Sling TV, and um, uh, we got to like Animal Planet or I think Planet Earth, and it was about these gazelles, and they were running, running, and this wolf was running hard and got one of the little baby gazelles like away from the pack. And you just knew what was, you know, when you get some, uh, an animal away from the pack, you know what you call that animal? Lunch, right? And, and I'm like, oh, and I'm starting to tear up because I'm that guy. Um, and Kim's like, well, change the channel. So I did, Right? But let me tell you, your enemy would have nothing better to get you away and say, you know what, I'm going to get away and I'm just going to be a Christian on my own. That is a big, big mistake. And some of you are like, well, I, I hadn't found the right church yet, or maybe I haven't found the perfect church. Well, let me just put your fears to rest now. There is no perfect church. You know the reason why? It's because if there was a perfect church and if you joined them, it wouldn't be perfect anymore, right? Because none of us in here are perfect. We just have to, we just 
get real about ourselves and our junk, but we follow a real God who is perfect and who loves us. So here's our big idea today. When your story and their story meet God's story, it brings God glory. I know that's a little cheesy and it's a little rhymy, but it's true. You see, here's the thing. Three-story evangelism, three-story kind of sharing your faith is all about your story, and it's about their story, and then when you bring God's story in it, something amazing happens. God gets the glory. So for the rest of our time together, I just want to kind of give you a couple of principles about three-story evangelism, because guess what? All of you have a story. Did you know that? You have a story. And other people that you're hanging out with, even if they don't go to church, they have a story. And of course, we meet every Sunday so that we can hear God's story. So as we talk about reaching out and showing people that God is for them, the first thing we have to remember is simply this. It's stories, not steps. It's stories, not steps. You see, it's not taking people through a sequence of predetermined steps. It's telling your story. Number two, it's listening, not telling. Let me, can I give you guys a truth? You need to write this down, get out your Twitter. Here we go. People listen to people who listen. Somebody needs to tweet that, right? People listen to people who listen. That's just the truth. And you see, one of the things, Christians, we're not known to be very listening people, especially preachers, right? Because we always have our mouth open. We do. And it's impossible to listen with your mouth open, isn't it? Isn't that what your mama always told you? Absolutely. She, at least my mama told me that. She was in the first service, and I think she told me that in between the services. So, I mean, we need to listen to other people's stories because people listen to people who listen. So what you do is you learn about their stories, what they like doing, their hobbies. And do you know this? <laughs> you learn about what they like talking about. The person... Everybody, their biggest subject, their favorite subject they like talking about is themselves, right? It just is. They're the main character in their story. So listen and talk about them. Lean in hard to their story. You, when you talk to people, ask questions, and they will let you know their story. Three-story evangelism requires you, yes, to know your own story, but to listen and to know theirs as well. And then, of course, to bring God's story into that. Number three, it's honesty, not perfection. You can't go into your conversations thinking that you got it all and you're perfect. Because I'm sitting here looking at you, and you're not perfect. And I'm not either. I'm not either. It's honesty, not perfection. The church staff I was on right before one church, uh, the pastor, every time he would share an illustration or story of his own life, he never ever shared a failure or problems he ever have. And here's what he, nobody could relate to him because he only shared his things in a good light. I shared this first service, uh, but about two or three months ago, I was in, I'm, I'm not a patient person. So I'm in uh, Walmart. I'm actually in the Walmart parking lot. And I, I, I come into the Walmart parking lot, and I'm waiting there, and this is like white truck in front of me. And uh, it's just kind of sitting there, and it's like not really moving, and I'm trying to get in get out. And there's just something that happens to people when they go to Walmart. You know what I'm talking about? There's this bad thing that rises up into people. So I get frustrated. I don't think I honked the horn. I definitely didn't like 
do the California wave or anything like that. So, but I, I parked somewhere else and went in. And would you, I can't even make this stuff up. The person who got the white truck goes to one church. <laughs> Saw him in between the services. And I think I apologized again, right? Because I'm not perfect. I, I, and I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I stink as a driver and I have my own issues. And guess what? So do you. But let's just, let's just kill the pretense. It's about honesty, not perfection. Number four, it's questions, not answers. Let's just be honest. The reason why many of you don't talk about your faith or share your story is because you're worried, are they going to ask me a question that I don't know the answer to, right? I mean, that's it. We think that we don't have enough spiritual knowledge. But let me, it's, it's questions, not answers. You don't have to have all the answers. In fact, you may have some questions of your own. I do about faith. I do about the Bible. I try to read my Bible every day, and I'm learning more. But the more, the more I live and the more I learn about the Bible, the more I realize I don't know. And I still have some questions. You know, here's the thing I've realized is a lot of churches and a lot of Christians, they're asking questions that nobody's answering. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They're, they're answering questions that nobody's asking. I think I reversed that. They're answering questions nobody's asking. And the, honestly, <laughs> I think that's kind of dumb, right? So I think one of the things that we should do is we should be answering questions that people are asking. In, in, a, in a couple of few weeks, we're going to be doing a series called Hotheads. And it's all about, anybody want to take a guess? Anger, right? It's a, how many of y'all, you struggle with anger? Let me see your hands. And if you don't, how many of y'all struggle with lying? Oh, okay. look at you. All right, sweet. Honestly, we all struggle with anger. We lose it, right? I, and and, and it, we, we usually lose it on the people that we love the most, right? Here's what I've realized. Whether, again, you're a Christian or not a Christian, maybe you're a church person, not a church, we all struggle with anger. So guess what we're going to be talking about? Anger. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to forgive because all of us struggle with that. Why? Because it's not about honesty. Uh, excuse me, it's not about perfection. It's about honesty. And it's not about the whole, you know, having all the answers, but it's about having those same questions. Number five, it's about contributing, not controlling. It's not controlling the conversation. It's allowing the conversation to kind of weave in and out and meander like a river, and you just listen to their stories because people listen to people who listen. And as you're kind of hearing their story, maybe you're like, you know, you realize that, oh, these people are green, they're really big in the environment, you know, the, the you know, recycling's a big deal for them. So where I would take, after listening to their story, you take them to God's story into Genesis, and you talk about how God created the heavens in the earth, and he flung all the stars into space, and how God created this entire planet. Man, that's where those stories would intersect. Or maybe after you're listening to their stories, they're all about sports. Sports is a big deal for them. That's when you take them to the stories that Paul has and how he runs the race. He lays aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles, and he runs the race with perseverance that have been set before us. And he says in Philippians, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on towards the goal. You take them there, and their story and God's story overlaps. Or maybe 
as you're listening to their story, they're all about the business. They're all about the bucks and money and making money. In fact, we're going to do a series in November called It's All About the Benjamins. Hello. Some of y'all, what, what should I get Pastor Chris? And, and some of y'all, you know, see, Pastor Carlo likes sour worms, right? And that's good for him. Me, it's the Benjamins, baby. I'm just joking. I'm just playing. So I'm dumb. Anyway, what I'm saying is this. Guess what? We all struggle with our money, right? We all struggle, you know, doing, figuring out how to do with it. Guess what? We're going to talk about that. So where you take them, that's their story, is you take them to the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is just so crazy practical. It's really, really fun. It's really, really good. But let me tell you this. Here's so, something very, very important. Everyone's story has a connection point to God's story. Did you know that? Everyone's story has a connection point to God's story. It does. The thing is, you've got to know their story, and you've got to be in God's Word, and you've got to know God's story. Man, so it's not about controlling the conversation. It's about contributing. Number six, it's hope, not judgment. Can we just all agree that we don't need any more judgment? Right? I mean, everybody, how many of y'all know y'all are jacked up? Y'all don't need to come here and me preach, hey, you're jacked up. Right? Because you know you. Right? You, I mean, you, you, when you look in the mirror and you're going, oh, you know there's a backside? Right? Everybody knows that. So guess what? It's not about judgment. It's about giving hope. You see, a lot of people think the Christian, the church are some of those judgmental people, and I believe that it's bunk. I believe we should be the most forgiving people out there. Why? Because a great verse, this is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, says that you're to forgive other people just as God in Christ has forgiven you. You see, we should be able to be willing to forgive almost anybody. In fact, we should be able to be willing to forgive anybody because God forgave you and me. That's, that's the reason why, again, Fort Clarksville is big for us, is we want people to know that God's not against anyone, that God is for them. And when you bring your story and their story into the story of God, and you begin to have that overlap and that connection point to people, man, they don't feel judged, they feel loved. It's kind of like this guy. I want to show you this uh, uh, video of Penn Gillette. Penn is part of the uh, dynamic duo, um, magician duo of Penn and Teller. And Teller doesn't really speak, and Penn speaks enough for everybody. And uh, Penn, uh, great guy, he is an atheist who doesn't believe in God. But there's an older video on YouTube where he talks about this guy coming and giving him a Bible. And how, even though he was an atheist, that meant a lot to him. Watch this video. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show, and at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we, uh, we talk to folks and, you know, sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big guy, probably about my age. Big guy. And um, he had been the, um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so he had the props from that in his hand because we give those away. He had the, the joke book and the and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, I 
uh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said, um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. I wanted, and he was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament. A little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane. I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive, and he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me. And then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like your show and so on, and then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave me that book. That's all I wanted to say. How much do you have to hate someone 
in order to not tell them about God. Because here's the reality. Everybody spends eternity somewhere. Everyone does. Everyone's story has a connection point to God's story. So when we listen to them and we hear their story, and then we share our story and they realize, yeah, we're just as jacked up as they are. But the only difference in our life is God's story has intersected our life. Wow. First Peter 3.15, we looked at this verse earlier. Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain what? The hope that you have in you. But do it how? With gentleness and respect. That's what we're talking about. We need to have that courage, yes, but we need to do it with gentleness and respect and not judgment. Number seven, it's about the Holy Spirit. It's not about a program. Three-story evangelism is just being led by the Spirit of God in our conversations and in our relationship. It's not a program. It's not an acrostic. Somebody know what an acrostic is? An acrostic is uh, K-I-S-S, Keep It Simple Stupid. Y'all have heard that one, right? Well, let me tell you, I grew up in the church, and I grew up Southern Baptist, and one of the things that they did is they had something called faith, and it, it was an acrostic, and it was a way that you could share your faith. And uh, F was for forgiveness, and A was for available, that forgiveness is available to all. But the problem is, is I, it's impossible because we're sinners. And T is we have to turn to repent. And if we do that, we get H, which is heaven. Now, <laughs> I get nervous. And when I get nervous, I have a tendency to switch words and, and letters. And I say, hey, let me tell you, and it's, it's called faith, and it's about a, it's an A, and there's a P in there somewhere, and a, a Q, and L-M-N-O-R. And, and I would get in this, and I would get nervous, and I would switch up the acrostic or add letters, right? Because I'm from Tennessee. Um, here's the thing. That's, I guess people can do that and they can show their faith. It's, what's better is just being having a conversation. Having a conversation and listening to their story and telling your story, being led by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, this is so very interesting. Uh, one of the things that is very, very important to me is back in 2007 when One Church got started. Before it was started, One Church consisted of me, Kim, Walt, and Jed. By the way, those are two of my kids. The third one wasn't around yet. He was in the hopper because his name was Bing. And um, so Kim was pregnant with Bing, and I was pregnant with One Church. And, uh, and I just decided, you know what, it's, it's about relationships, right? So I decided I'm going to go to the same places kind of over and over so I can build relationships. So I would go to the same gas station. And y'all remember when you go get, used to go to get gas, you actually had to go in and talk to a real person? Anyone remember that? Now, you know, we go there and we do the card in and out. And we scream if it takes longer than seven seconds, right? Well, I go to the same place over and over and over again. I still do that. I go and I get my gas down here at the Shell Station uh, right here at Exit 1. In fact, let me tell you, I've built relationships with them. They know that I'm a pastor. And when, every time I come in, they'll ask, hey, can you pray for this or pray for that? We'll pray right there. Well, let me tell you about Caprice because Caprice is watching right now because she's working there because she can't be here. So hello, Caprice. So Caprice is, I come in last Sunday, fill up my Jeep, and uh, she says, hey, I got a, a friend named James 
who uh, I I told him about your church. So I'm leaving, and James walks in. He says, are you the preacher? I'm like, do I look like one? I don't know. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm the preacher. And I gave him a card, you know, the little invite cards we give. And you know what's so cool? Caprice invited James, even though Caprice has never been to our church. And James shows up last Sunday and brings a friend, Jeremy. That's cool. That's really cool. And that happens when you're intentional about building relationships with people. Now, that only happens by allowing the Holy Spirit to do that. I still have this paddle. And, you know, the most important place in a canoe is in the back. Did you know that? If y'all go canoeing, the front, you know, you got to do whatever you want to, but the back is where you steer. So I'm always in the back because I'm a control freak. And uh, so I'm back here and I'm sitting and you steer by either pushing forward and, and the front of the canoe is going to go this way. Or if I paddle really hard, it's going to go that way. Or if I do something called a J stroke, I can go and I can turn it and I can, I can use this as the rudder. The reason why I bring this up is we need to have the Holy Spirit be our guide in the back of the canoe of our life. He needs to be the one showing us and directing us which way to go. A couple of verses about that. Um, This is so very interesting. Uh, This is uh, John 16, 13 says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Let me give you another verse. Um, And don't worry about what you say or how you'll say it. Isn't that the reason why many of us, we don't talk about God? We don't know what we're going to say or how we're going to say it. Listen to this. The right words, look at your neighbor and say, right words. The right words will be there. Look at this. How? The Spirit will supply the words. It doesn't get any better than that. And then lastly, it's the process, not the product. Three-story evangelism is allowing your life to influence the process. And we've been looking at Peter and Andrew and James and John this is interesting, John 1.40. One of the two men who had heard John and had gone with Jesus was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. So what did Andrew do? The first thing Andrew did was this, was to find his brother and do what? Tell him. That's what it means to go fish. To tell him, we have found Jesus. We found the Messiah. Man, number nine, it's, li- it's, it's life, not words. You don't have to have the magic words. You just need to share your life with them. You need to share your story with them. You listen to their story, and then you share your story. So let me kind of do this as we close. Do you know that you have a story and that God wants to use your story to impact other people's stories? Let me kind of give you how what your story looks like. Number one, your story, number one, consists of your life before Jesus. Your life before coming to know Jesus. Secondly, how you met Jesus. All right. And third, how Jesus has made a difference in your life. How has he changed your life? So if you're going to share your story, you can talk about, well, this is how my life was like before I come to know Jesus Christ. And it was empty and man, I was struggling through so many things, maybe some addiction, whatever that looks like. But then I met Jesus and I still struggle. I'm still sometimes messy, but man, I have so much more purpose in my life. Jesus has not only made me better, but he's made me better at life. And it's something that simple that as you're sharing your story, what your life was like before Jesus 
how you met Jesus, and then the difference he's made in your life. So my challenge this week is I'm going to challenge each and every one of us. Find someone, maybe it's uh, your spouse, or maybe it's a friend, and share your story with them. Next week, we're going to be talking about one verse, John 3.16. Next week is a great week for you to be able to invite someone to hear God's story, but this week, share your story with them. And even more importantly, listen to their story. And man, when you do that, it's going to give God glory. Let's pray. God, we love you. And God, I pray that today, Lord, that you would challenge us this week for us to be able to share our story, that we would be real. It's not about perfection. It's just about being honest. And God, I pray that we would be able to do that. We would become vulnerable with people and our friends and our coworkers, and we would be able to share our story with them. And Lord, when that happens, I'm telling you, God, you take our story and you make some amazing things happen. For it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.